So what do you, what's your occupation now? What's your title? My title? Yeah. Um, that that's a that's a really good question. It's not I, a really I, specific title. No, I'd say I'm. I'm uh, I don't know. I'm, people have called me a business executive, which I think is so corporate. Like bleh. very so corporate. I, I'm I'm just more of in that. Uh, I'm an adv- I'm a strategic advisor. That's what I do. I, I advise small and medium sized companies on growth strategies, hiring strategies, uh, fundraising, all okay. the, all that type of fun stuff. I find it fun. So, what was your first job as a kid? What was your first title? What was uh, what was your first job? My first real job. Mine, I worked at Chase Pickin Home Improvement Centers <laughs> yes. here in Rochester, New York, which is for those people out of town, was basically a Home Depot, Lowe's kind of thing, but had a little hometown flavor. Got it. That okay. was my first job. Well, he read my mind. I was going to ask what his first job was, but okay. Yeah, um, yeah mine was Empire <laughs> Comics. Oh, and just as a sales guy. Empire Comics. Yeah, I was one of the I was one of the crew. Yeah, we had a small crew there. It was Empire? How long Comics. were you there though? Uh, you did something before though, didn't you? Work at your father? Uh, that was that was actually concurrent. Oh, okay. That. All right. So concurrent he, means at the same time. Right. Yeah. So I would, I would, <laughs> How many I would points work, is that I would work at Empire. Exactly. I would work at Empire Comics. And then in, uh, on certain summers, uh, there were, there was one summer in particular where I wasn't sure if I was going to be going to college and my dad put me up on the roof. Oh boy. And he said, yeah, you, you don't have to go to school. You can, you know, you can work a trade. So I worked yeah. with the union guys. I got a union wage, which was awesome. And I worked on the roof. That's uh, and I, I don't blame your father yeah. for doing that because he put a fire under your ass, right? That's you didn't want right. to work on that roof. You're like, no way, I'm not doing this for the rest that's of my right. life. You know what? I I had a second job too. My parents made they, before I could go to school. They're like, oh, if you want to go to college, you have to earn your own money to spend while you're there. Yeah. So I, I picked up another job delivering pizzas at Murray's Pizza here in Brighton, oh, uh, in Rochester, New York. Uh, fun story. I delivered between ten in the morning and two in the afternoon. So lunchtime. That's when I was the delivery guy. Oh, okay. And uh, one day I had to go deliver a pizza to a place called the Traveler's Motel. I don't know if you remember it. It's where it's where CVS sits uh, over in Brighton. Is it by the hour and not by the day? Exactly. Yeah. And when I went there, I knocked on the door and the gentleman who came to the door, just a t-shirt, mellow yellow t-shirt. Remember, mellow yellow was a, yeah. a soft drink. Yeah. You're no, really no, painting no, a no great pants, picture. No pants and <laughs> semi-aroused. And he had a lady friend in the bed. Semi-aroused. And I had a pizza pie for him and I said, I have your uh. pizza. And I see you have the sausage. So, right. But wow. That was a fun job. It was 19. It was, uh, it was nice. You were 19? Yeah. We're doing this at yeah. Murray's. Yeah. Oh, doing, okay. Listen, you do what you got to do. Some but... of the perils of uh, pizza delivery. Yeah, I, I did I'm that sure, for many you know, years. We, we, pizza delivery is fun. It's good money. Oh, I, yeah. I got to tell you, you know what? We should get a bunch of pizza delivery guys on here just to, as a panel, and they could share their stories. <laughs> I would love to share just <laughs> that story. We'll rate the stories, and 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 then uh, you know, play into what we do on here. We'll play into you know what they're saving their money for, where they want to go next, what they want to right. do next. Some of them might want to stay in the pizza industry. Some might not. One day, I want my own store. Well, pizza. Anyway, Scott, do you have that song I, I asked you for? I, th- I think I do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in, in, it is holiday time, and who yes. knows when this will be played. But I, when I hear Dominic the Donkey, oh my God! I don't know. It, hey, I just feel it. It fits perfectly with it's our Dominic guest you have today. Just the name, and I see her wincing. It's just Christmas like shaking. Do you like this? Do you like it? I, I, it is quite funny. Just let it play a little bit. <laughs> La 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 la. Here we go. Yep. Wait. Yep. Here we go, Scott. Santa's got a little friend. His name is Dominic. You never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Okay, Scott. Thank you. I mean, nothing says Christmas like an Italian Christmas Jackass. donkey. Scott, or, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> George, who you got today? Um, we are very, very pleased to have Marissa Zeppieri Caruana. You like that? I love last that. Name. Le- the last I know. Marissa Zeppieri Caruana, um, author of a memoir that is now on sale, which we'll talk about, founder at lupuschick.com, and a medical journalist. And so, one of my friends. And one of Todd's yeah. friends, and soon to be one of mine. So, yes. very accomplished. Marissa, welcome. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your yes. morning. 
to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. Um, normally, we like to do the whole like how it started and then go to how it's going. I think that's what the kids do these days. They do these posts like how it started, how it's going. So trying to be on trend with the kids, except I'd like to kind of flip it and start with how it's going, because I think you have a lot of cool stuff going on, and I think the how it started is going to be really inspirational to a lot of people. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. You know? Yeah. So, well, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you approve. I approve. Um, so, the I, I think let's start with how it's going right now, and then let's get into the backstory of, of, of how you got here today. So, you've got a memoir out, a very faint. I know that there's a very uh, famous uh, actress, musician, singer, songwriter that has you in a book of hers. Um, you've got lupuschick.com. So just give us an update. Where are you right now? And don't hold back. Sure. Life is actually going really well, considering Excellent. all things 2020. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, so Lupus Chick has really grown. Uh, we reach about 400,000 people a month right now. Uh, we're, so we're, we're a nonprofit here in New York. We're also an online social community and it's not everyone, you know, they don't specifically only have lupus. They usually have some type of chronic illness or autoimmune disease or right. they're caregivers. So it's this huge community. And we just try to support and educate and motivate. My whole goal with that was really to let people know that just because you're diagnosed with something, it's not, it doesn't have to change all of the goals that you've had. They just might need to look a little different or you might have to take a different road to get there. Um, but it doesn't mean that everything just stops. So with Lupus Check through the years, I had always wanted to write my memoir, uh, but I was a journalist for a long time, which yep. took up a lot of my life and it was very stressful. So when I got home, the last thing I wanted to do was write some more. Yeah. And with a memoir, you usually have to dig into some really uncomfortable parts of your life. So it took me a few years to really get that going. And I sold it two years ago and it just came out on pre-order um, back in October. It's called Chronically Fabulous. Chronically <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, perfect. And it is available anywhere books are sold and it will officially print uh, next month and ship out in May for anyone that pre-orders it. May is Lupus Awareness Month around the world also. I want to add that in there. Um, and then, so what you were talking about briefly was Lady Gaga did a book called Channel Kindness that she put out in September. Amazing. And it's part of her Channel Kindness platform, which is part of her nonprofit, Born This Way. And it was really a, a book of 51 stories of people that inspire her, that pay it forward with kindness and don't expect anything in return. It was completely unexpected. I got an email asking if they could share the lupus chick story in there. And of course, without hesitation, I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> could you imagine, um, you know, like, um, you know what? I need to know a little more about yeah. this before. You, could you who? imagine if you're yeah. one of those people like, um, I'm not sure if that's brand right. Her music's a little <laughs> racy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, she's got a lot of controversy around her. Let me think about <laughs> yeah, this. No, yeah. it was not like that at all. Um, yeah, I right. really admire her. I like that um, she's very outspoken, and I'm, you know, pretty outspoken. I come from a spunky, outspoken, lots of strong women in my Italian family. Mm -hmm. uh, so I appreciate that about her. And really, I thought, what better way to get lupus out there in a major way? Because she does have a lupus link in her family, but her platform is massive. So... Because the reality is, like you ask most people today in surveys, if they know what lupus is or if they've heard of it, they do right. not. No. So it all sort of worked out well. I, I have to tell you, just in, in learning more about you, I also learned a lot about lupus. So I, uh, I it's, it, listen, I love learning new things. And I think um, aware, awareness is half the battle. Then you just got to get people to, uh, they can be aware, but then you got to get people to listen. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And we'll absolutely talk more about lupuscheck.com and, and we'll talk it up on all the socials after the show and all that too, because it's, uh, it's important. So you've got a lot going on right now. So congratulations, number one on the memoir. Um, and congratulations, obviously for the, the Lady Gaga book and then 400,000 followers on lupuscheck.com. So very accomplished and a lot more to accomplish in the future. So what I think listeners are going to get a lot out of though now is, wow, here's this incredible woman who's done these, who's done these things and she's still going. 
let's talk a little bit. And again, there's no gotcha question. So it's as much as you want to share. Let's talk a little bit the road to get here, because a big part of the show has always been that people follow, you know, the linear path. (sighs) I'm in high school. I go to college. I get out of college. I get a job. I marry a guy, a girl or multiple people or whatever. (laughs) And then I, you know. And and then we get a house, we get a couple cars, and then I get, get famous, divorced. and then oh, maybe, you know, sorry. oh, well, yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, you go through all this, and it's just all happy-go-lucky, and, and then people live in this world of, if that doesn't happen, then that means I failed, and I can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I got a DWI, I'm finished. Oh, I failed my test, I'm finished. Oh, I didn't get into the school I wanted, I'm finished. And part of this especially now with COVID going on, a big part of why we do what we do is there's this there's this white space that we're trying to fill with, actually, you can change things whenever you want and do things whatever you want. And I think you're, you're a perfect example of that. So I'd love to, as I said, as deep as you want to go on certain topics, um, I'd love to talk more about, you know, how you got to this fabulous state that you're in, because it wasn't easy. And I know it wasn't. It definitely wasn't easy, and it's still not easy. Um, well, I think yeah, that's we'll get probably to that. one of the biggest misconceptions that I really want people to understand, which is you know what we really try to portray on our social media. Um, I know that they're just hearing audio right now, but obviously looking at me, you would not think that there's anything going on, that I'm not sick. Yeah, not um, at all. So that's, no. right. so that's one of the biggest misconceptions um, with autoimmune disease. They're often invisible diseases. Um, even though there can be a lot of uh, disabilities like within that that space, but if they're not necessarily on the outside, you know, I think people automatically sort of brush it off or they maybe don't believe you, uh, which is something that a lot of patients struggle with. So, you know, even today with all these amazing things, it my life's really been difficult since yeah. I was little. Um, but I think that surviving all of the things that I have, it has really primed me to be in the position I'm in. And it's easier to sort of take those punches when they come. So when did you, when did you discover, not dis- I shouldn't say discover, when were you diagnosed with lupus? Cause you know, some people go through life being dyslexic and don't figure it out until later in life. And obviously that's nowhere near as dangerous or serious. You can't even compare it, but you know what I mean? So like you were, you were obviously going through, you were obviously feeling tired. You didn't have as much energy. Um, I know you, I know with lupus, I know sometimes you get rashes. So you had this stuff going on. When, when did somebody finally like go like, oh, here's, here's what you have. And, and it was like, oh, here's what we can do. Yeah. So actually when I was little, like right when I was born, I started having all these autoimmune issues. Like I had really severe allergies. Like I couldn't have breast milk. I couldn't have soy milk. Like they didn't know what to give me. And then all of a sudden, like I have asthma. And so that's like all in this autoimmune family. So it it sort of started like right when I showed up here on earth, it was like, Hey, guess what, mom, I'm going to be a hot mess. You have to take care of me. Good luck. So then when I was eight, I really started to get like strange symptoms of really severe fatigue. Uh, I couldn't go. We lived in Fort Lauderdale at the time. We moved down from New York City. So the sun was obviously very strong. And I was getting these strange rashes when I'd come inside. I was getting these weird fevers. I always needed a nap. You know, I was like the weird yeah. kid at school. It's like, what's <laughs> wrong with this girl? Um, and then that just got worse and worse through my teenage years. And really, like, this is going back in the 80s. The doctors were more like, oh, she's just a fragile child. And, you know, she has, like, a weak immune system. And nothing was, like, ever really, like, looked further into. And which is a shame, but it's very common with, like, lupus and other autoimmune diseases. So it wasn't actually until my 20s when I was in college to be a nurse. And I was almost finished. And I was crossing a street one evening in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and I actually got hit by a drunk driver in Ugh. a pickup. So that was really the okay. moment um, that changed Wait. it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're dealing with this. and All right. Let, let's go a little as deep as you want here. So that I, I can only imagine the recovery, the... And not not just a physical recovery. There had to be some PTSD in there. Come on. There was. Uh, Yeah. So actually I was diagnosed PTSD, which I really did not understand at the age of 23 years old. Uh, But I I spent in total, I spent about a year in recovery between Mm. the hospital and then rehab. 
uh, because oh, I had so many internal injuries. But, you know, it was like in that second, everything everything ended. So like life as I'd known it up to that point, that was never going to happen again. Um, I wasn't able to return back to school. And again, I was in recovery. Thank God I had my mom and my grandmother who took care of me when I came home from the rehab. And, you know, basically all my financials were, were gone because I had so many medical bills and things oh, and I couldn't work. Uh, so just, you know, life changed. So not only did I have these injuries all of a sudden, but then I started to get really sick while I was in the hospital. And, you know, in a way it was a blessing because I had all these incredible doctors around me, right. but it was like, okay, she has this crazy rash and she has this weird fever, but we can't find an infection and she's got these weird stores. And then, it, then I wound up having this mini stroke in the hospital. Mini stroke. And Okay. So mini strokes are are common with lupus yeah. if you have like blood involvement. You know, you can have different right. um, blood like involvement in the way. Like for me, it's mini strokes or blood clots. Um, I have a brain aneurysm right now from the lupus. These Wait, are right all now? That, right now, right now in my head as I'm talking to you. All right, okay. Um, so. You know, doctors are like, is this because she got hit by a truck or is this something else? And so they had all these specialists come in and one of them was rheumatology and one was infectious disease. And they tested me for everything known to man. And I wound up getting this diagnosis of lupus. And I just remember looking at her and thinking like, I have no idea what this is or what you're talking about right now, but give me a pill and let's get on our way. (laughs) (laughs) I got things to do. I have a lot of stuff to take care of. (laughs) And, um, she just looked at me and she said, Oh, there's no cure, but you know, we can try to manage you with some chemos and some anti-malarials. And I was like, um, this is, I'm going to get a hard pass on all of this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, but, so you said you had a, a stroke. Have you had more than one since that point? And here's my question. When people hear stroke, they think, Oh, something, it, it affected the fine motor skills. Did that do anything to your fine motor skills? So I've had five mini strokes, uh, which would could also be called a TIA. Uh, so there's no residuals for me on those. All right. You know, they, they all clear up, um, I'd say, within a matter of days, like any symptoms that I was having. The thing is to try to pinpoint if it's a sign of a, another larger stroke coming down the pipes, because that, that can happen. With a mini stroke is sometimes like your signal that there's something else going on. Hmm. Um So, you know, and then they just give you different medications to prevent a stroke from happening later on down the road. Um, But for me, you know, lupus tends to affect certain organs in different, everyone's different, but it's usually the brain, the blood, the lungs, the heart, or the kidney, um, or your skin. So, well, I've never had kidney involvement, and I know a lot of people that have, and they typically, you know, wind up on dialysis or get a kidney transplant. Mine's always been my brain and my blood and my heart. Wow. So, you know, it's different. Again, it's different for everyone. Um, but there was actually, you know, the, I think the main symptom or sign during that hospital visit that really sort of pinpointed them in the direction of lupus. Okay. So this is at 23. So previous to 23, you were going to do the nursing route. Was that, did, did that, did your medical issues during that time, even though you you didn't know what it was, did that inform your decision to go into nursing and, and, and the the medical field or no? Yeah. I actually wanted to be in the medical field since I was a little kid. I think because I was always around doctors Yeah, and I, I love them, you know, like I felt like these were the people that were helping me. Um, so I did my undergrad in chemistry and I actually wanted to go to medical school, but I was really sick and I thought there is no way I can do four years, but I could do another year and a half, you know, after I've already done all this undergrad for sure. And um, so that was my plan. That was your plan. So 23, the accident happens, you go through this rehab, you have all this PTSD, the lupus diagnosis comes out. How does one, and this is where I think we want to go as, as deep as we, as deep as we can here, how does one re, cause here there's, there's people talk about reimagining. And in this case, I don't think you can reimagine because you have some fixed issues, you know, that, that some incurable issues, they're fixed. So instead of reimagining the rest of your life, how did you reframe it? 
because you you definitely had your wits about you, even though there was so much going on. And so many people are like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. I mean, I have to admire you. You you reframed your goals. And I'd love to know what went into that and what, yeah, you when did, that? and when did you start thinking about reframing your goals? Because school wasn't an option anymore. And you're like, okay, what am I going to do next? You had to totally reframe the future. I did. And, you know, I had to really think about, you know, my doctors are like, listen, nursing is not going to be the right career for you. I mean, first of all, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was like bed and hospital yeah. bound for the first couple of years. But you know, it's like I had a nurse that would come to the house and take care of me. So there's no way I was going to go work a 13, 14 hour shift, take care of other people. Yeah. Um, so that was a very harsh reality. But I think it's really important to be honest about the fact that I I didn't have that great frame of mind at 23. I was actually really mad. My my year of 23 was just if you could describe me in one word, it was angry. Yeah. It was why did I get hit by a truck? You know, are you yeah. kidding me? Like now I have all this stuff that's wrong. What is this weird disease that I have? And, you know, really just this thought of hasn't my life like been really difficult up until this moment? Like, For isn't sure. this sort of like a lifetime of just stuff happening? It's so young. Right. Uh, so really the next couple of years were learning what my new life was about because you really yep. do have this new normal when you're diagnosed with um, an illness that has no cure and is really so up and down and you just never know what every day is going to bring but i really got to learn about you know what lupus is how it affects me what the medicine treatments are like and which one would work you know best for me that was also sort of like a touch and go doctors trying to figure out which mm -hmm. would help me the most and being in the hospital a lot, um, you know, and I had a lot of flare ups. So lupus is a disease of flares and remissions of when it's very active. And then it's sort of, you know, with medicines and, and rest. And hopefully it goes, the goal is to get it into sort of a quiet season. Mm -hmm. um, but I had had so many flares in such a short amount of years that then I wound up in a wheelchair. And that was really hard for me because I'm extremely independent. So here I am sort of getting my independence back. I go to rehab. I have to learn how to walk again, you know, and I go from wheelchair uh -huh. in rehab to walker, to walker, to, to, I'm sorry, to walking. And then a couple of years later, boom, I'm back in the wheelchair now, but this is now from the lupus. Oh boy. And so I would say up until maybe 28, yep. uh, things were not great. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live with my mom forever. She's going to take care of me. And thank God I had an amazing grandma who also lived with us. Yep. And um, we love to cook and she loved to feed me a lot. And, you know, but that that's when things sort of changed. Okay, I think, so 28. I think my faith really came into play pretty hard at that point. Sure. Um, because I, I don't think that you almost die without ever questioning how in the world am I still alive? Even the trauma surgeon actually came up when Absolutely, I was in yeah. my regular hospital room and he sat down on the bed and he said, I have to tell you, you have someone watching over you because with your injuries, you should have needed immediate surgery when you came into the hospital that night. And then he was telling me that most pedestrians that get hit don't typically make it alive to the hospital. I think it's like 70% or some wild statistic. And even though I had a lot of internal injuries, my blood clotted faster than he had ever seen. So mm. even though I had uh, broken ribs and they split my liver into like five pieces, he oh never had to go in and do surgery. He said that it clotted within a matter of hours. He said he'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, so I think you sort of go through this process of wow, I can't believe I'm not dead. So why am I not dead? What am I supposed to do with all of this now? Right. That's right. And yeah. So I started to, obviously I was spending a lot of time in, at home and in bed or in the hospital. So I started to write, which is something that I always loved to do when I was younger. And, you know, that just sort of, uh, took on a life of its own. And I remember like being in bed and just, praying and just saying like, if this is 
if this will be the rest of my life and I will never get out of this bed, then let me be able to do something so that I feel like I have purpose. And I feel like it really started to come out in my writing. That's amazing. Purpose. And I think, you know, legacy, you seem like a legacy person. You want to, it doesn't have to be, you know, memorials about you. You just want to leave something behind that people can take forward. Definitely. I love it. Hey, Marissa, and let's go back to that accident. And it just blows me away that you were hit by a truck and you survived. Was that person who was driving the truck, were they, did they stop or they keep going? Was that person brought to justice? Uh, so that person actually did keep going. They did mm. not stop. Um, they went through a fence after they hit me and they were found about 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yeah, they were actually found at a gas station buying more alcohol. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, wow. So, <laughs> uh, but that person was drinking uh, while they were driving and they were also under the influence of drugs. So they wound up going to prison. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. I just wanted to, I, I just was hoping there was some finality to that end of the the story. Good, good. I'm glad they got him. Um, so 28 things are changing. So you're writing. I love that you brought up purpose. That's a big, 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 big thing of mine. Um, purpose and slash leaving, leaving a legacy. So you're writing. So how did that writing then? So the writing obviously leads into the memoirs. And so let's talk about lupus chick a little bit. Did that, did that, did that get born out of your time in bed and while you're writing and journaling, did those thoughts enter your mind? Because even though you had all this stuff happening with you, you still had this entrepreneurial spirit about you clearly. So I'd love to dive a little deeper on that. Definitely something I've always had. And um, so I spent a lot of time in prayer, to be honest with you. And it was really more of a, um, hey, God, if you want to show me like what I'm supposed to be doing, because you made me this way and I'm like a super type A. So I need to like do something with all this (laughs) energy. And I'll never forget uh, two, two really incredible things happen. And I talk about it in my memoir. One was I had sent some friends of mine some stuff that I was writing and an editor of one of the newspapers in South Florida called me. I didn't know who she was. And she said, oh, a friend of a friend sent me some of your stuff. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in maybe being on our writing team. And boom, like this world of journalism just literally fell in my lap, something I never, you know, went to school for. And the short story of that is I wound up writing and I wind up becoming um, their senior writer over many years and then one of their editors. And so that grew. And then from there, I went on to, you know, write for Healthline and Huffington Post and Al Jazeera and then worked for Gannett when I moved up to New York. Incredible. Um, So, yeah, it turned into this amazing career that I never expected. But while that was starting, I'll never forget, I had a... um, I just had a lot of quiet time at one point and I was really wondering. And I thought if I don't, if I'm in the city of millions of people and I don't know anyone, like how do other people feel like they have to feel completely alone because for the majority of us that have chronic illness, we're very isolated, which a lot of people in 2020 got a a close up view of what that is like. And it is very difficult. So I remember going to sleep and for me, I really feel like God always speaks to me in my dreams. And I had this incredibly vivid dream of starting this online community. And this is like right when blogs were starting to come out. I remember like blogger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like back in the day, like MySpace and all these different (laughs) places, right? And, um, And this whole thing just sort of got downloaded into my head of lupus chick. And it was supposed to be very specific. Uh, it had to be educational and motivating and inspiring and positive. And so I woke up the next day and I was like gung ho. And I just said, okay, I have no idea how to build a website or a blog, but I'm going to do it. And, and I did. And it really just started out as a blog and just like a journey. And, you know, just a couple people here and there like commenting. They didn't live in the United States, some of them, but it was a way for us all to connect. 
and it just grew and grew into like something just incredible. And we've been able to do so many things with Lupus Check. Um, you know, we give out college scholarships now. We're about to give out our 11th one in the spring. Wow. And I've been able to speak all across the United States. And like I said, we reach, you know, almost a half million people a month now from this little like hideous That's thing. Amazing. That I built. That's, That's so huge. So yeah. as you were building, this started with the blog, that you built the connections. Did you partner with somebody to get this finally started or was Lupus Chick just all your own thing? Like, I'll just put up a small website now and, and just grow it from there. Yeah, all my own. I, oh my I learned as I went. I love and, it. Um, I built it myself and... Mm -hmm. It was not super attractive those first few times, but if you remember back in the day, like web websites were sort of boring for a long time. Like yeah. you only had so many options, you know. Um, today we just have so many amazing features that we we have available to us, and um, and you know I think working as a journalist and learning like the video and the audio and the um, the different softwares, like it's like it was all supposed to go together because all of those things helped me build Lupus Check. Right. So with that, and, and you might have already answered this, but I, I just want to just dive in on this one more time for listeners, because a lot of people, especially now, a lot of people that I coach, they, they perfection is their enemy. They don't want to do it unless it's going to be just right, just right, just right. And here you are, you're like, we're going to start with one, we're going to start in one place and we're going to end up in another, but we get, just got to get started. So did perfection ever enter or because of what you had gone through, you're like, this has already been so imperfect. Let's just do it. Because a lot of people won't even start a blog. They want to start with the website. You know, you could argue that with this podcast, I wanted to start with like, no, it's got to be the, no, Todd threw together a logo. We had a quick idea and we're like, we're just going to start the podcast and see what goes and from run there. With it. Yep. So how did you overcome, was perfectionism ever the enemy or did you just ignore it? Was there anything to overcome or did you just start doing it? Yeah, so my family calls me like the bull. Um, I just get right in there. I don't believe in perfection. I think it's BS. Um, yep. I think it's this thing that we create in our minds or this illusion that we have online. It doesn't exist. If you're waiting for that perfect moment, you can wait for it. You are literally going to wait for it till the day you die because it is yep. never going to appear. Yep. I love that you said that. It's I an do illusion. Too. And you know what? The th and, and she's saying it too, but she also on her social media, she'll write the same things in the same vein that she's saying right now to you. She believes what she's saying too. Oh, absolutely. Like you are going to hit one S show after the next, as I like to <laughs> describe on social media. Shit. And yes, the timing will never be perfect. And yeah. the reality is like, if that is your true North, if that is what you feel you are supposed to be doing and that's your why, and that's your purpose, then you can let stuff stand in your way, but every week or every month or every year is going to be something else that stands in your way. Yep. And guess what? You're never going to get it finished. And no. you're always going to feel like that discontent feeling. I don't like feeling like that. So I'm going to try a hundred things and figure out what works because when I have a vision, like I, I have to bring it out into fruition in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And there, it sounds like you, you know, and not many people do this. Um, some of our other guests have said this and they do this. You just throw yourself into the change. You just have to throw yourself into it. And, and you'll fail. Of course. And things won't work, you know, like you'll find things won't work or you'll change platforms and you'll realize, you know, oh, I'm not so good at podcasts, but I'm really good at video and YouTube, you know, or I'm really good at, you know, making these quick little videos on social media and people seem to resonate with them. So you got to find, you got to try everything and find out what you're good at. Right. No, I, I agree. It's trial and error. And the thing, I think so many people, even now, even now with like being stuck in their homes, doing like they're still afraid of the error. Like, oh, I'll trial it, but I'm only going to trial it if I'm going to be successful. It's that growth mindset, right? Except it's the anti-growth mindset. I won't do it unless I know I'm going to be successful. That's the only way I'm going to do it. And the reality is like whether you're starting a social media community, you know, a social community or you're starting a podcast or yep. a YouTube channel, like guess what? You better give yourself a good year or two. Oh, yeah. And, and know like this whole time, this whole season that I'm giving myself this is building. Like you have to invest that time. You don't just wake up. It's very, you know, it's the outlier. It's very rare that something takes off super fast and you become like this overnight success. Right. And, and 
I, I would argue that, you know, slow and st- I mean, I mean, it's been said for God so many decades, slow and steady wins the race. But I would argue you don't want that that hype so fast because sometimes when that hype happens right. so fast that then you take on even more responsibility and you get wrapped up in it and then all of a sudden you lose the seriousness of, of who you are you don't you you, you actually I, I should rephrase that you take yourself too seriously and then you lose the plot and I've always said that some of the greatest leaders when they achieve a certain success all of a sudden it's oh we're not flying commercial we're flying private oh we're not going here let's go to a more expensive restaurant <gasps> I don't want to, I, I'm only one person, but 10,000 square feet, I need 20,000 square feet. And then right. you start like building this thing in your head. You take yourself so seriously and you lose the plot. You lose contact with your employees. You lose contact with the customers that you're supposed to be serving. You lose, you know, you lose friendships just because all of a sudden it's all about you. And it's about this, you know, inferior, superior complex that you're battling with inside. And instead, instead of just building something and growing something like you have, and you're still, yes, you're an author, you know, you've been, you're an accomplished journalist. You've got this great nonprofit that you started. That's only going to get bigger. You've got your book coming out. There'll probably be more books after that. And you could probably write a book on nonprofits and talk about a book about you could, you know, I'd love to (laughs) jam on it with you at some point, if you ever want to do it, just a book about how to build legacy in an authentic way, because that's what you're doing. I don't mean That's to put that thing, on you, like, but. <laughs> oh, no, I agree with everything you just said. And I think, you know, if if you do expect success overnight or for some reason it does happen to you, I think you miss out on a lot of character building and finding out what your strengths are and really learning like what hard work and failure feels like, because you have to be able to sit with those in order for when the amazing things come, you recognize them and you re- and you remind yourself the next time you fail, if this is okay, okay, I've been in pretty bad situations like this. So let me figure out a workaround. Let me figure out how I'm gonna get around this and actually create what I want. Um, you know, nothing came easy for me and I had to learn everything on my own, all yeah. the programs, how to build websites, how to do social media marketing. I didn't go to college for it. I didn't know anyone that could help me like, you know, I'd read stuff online, I would research, and then it was all trial and error. And again, like you find what works, you find what doesn't, but you also find out a lot about yourself and what you're good at. And, you know, you can have people tell you like, oh, you're a great speaker, or, you know, you can really just bring an audience in. And, and those are great things to start with, I think, yeah. if you're curious, like, well, really, what am I really good at? Um, yeah. But once you start trying things, like I always tell writers, because sometimes I teach writers, you know, writing classes and they say like, well, how do I find my voice? Well, you know what? Take your short story or take your page that you wrote and write it in three or four different ways. Write it really serious. Write it with a sense of humor. Write it from first person. Write it from third person. Which one comes most naturally to you? Like Todd, you know, like I'm sure he can write some hilarious stuff online, um, you know. But some people, they're more literary, they're more serious, and that's what comes naturally to them. So don't try to be someone else or be what you think is popular. If you're actually yourself and you're authentic and people see, I always tell people like, no, like trust. People get to know you, especially like online today or whether it's podcast or or a video cast, um, they get to know you and they see that you're authentic, you're real, you're honest, and they start to like you, then they're going to start to trust what you actually have to say, because they know that like, you're not doing all of this for show. You're not doing this to just get popular and be successful and make money. Exactly. I mean, please, Scott's bankrupting us, you know, every week. So it is what it is. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) You know what, George? Let me just, I just want to chime in here. I, I met, and I know the exact date. I met Marissa on March 14th. I, of this year, right, right, the probably a couple days before the world caught on fire, and I, I met her that day. We haven't hung out, but I feel like I've known her forever because she is a real person just by her social media. And we've talked on the phone a couple times, but okay. that doesn't build a friendship. But she is so real, and it, it's funny too because two of our guests that we've had, we've had Marissa now, yeah, and. Uh, she came up to me after a show I did on March 14th at a winery in Hilton, New York, and just said hello and how much she enjoyed my show. 
and it just it, it sparked a friendship and i just feel like you know uh, it, it proves that you know people walk into your life for reasons sure and i find her inspiring i i, I think her story is absolutely amazing and it was also daphne pariser who came up to me after a show one of yep. my shows and told me how much she liked it and you know another inspiring intelligent absolutely. person um who, who went out and just threw themselves into what they do and it it's just I, I know I just wanted to chime in and say that that I you know these people are so inspiring especially uh, Marissa absolutely yeah. I agree and and, and Marissa pl kind of playing off that you know we talked about where you are now so now let's talk you know I, I don't like to waste a lot of energy on the future because I'm such a present person and and I, I get the sense that you are as well you just take things kind of a day at a time but knowing that you've got later on in 2021 your book coming out. You're going to be growing um, Lupus Check. You're still an accomplished journalist. Have you thought about the next year, some things maybe you'd like to do, like in, in that, that, that mind of yours? I'm sure you get lots of thoughts about things. Have you thought about what you'd like to do? And is there anything you want to kind of, of share on that? Yeah, I have a lot of plans. Uh, so I've sort Excellent. of laid journalist, journalism down at this point. I do a little freelance here and there. Okay. But I am talking to my publishers about other book ideas. Great. And, um, you know, I've been doing a lot with my art. So I do a lot of painting. I do a lot of drawing. I've been teaching some art classes. Like I'm just very creative and I feel like I need to have my hand in a couple of different pots at one time. Uh, Lupus Chick is definitely growing. You know, I'm doing more speaking, which I'm sure will happen more with the book. Uh, but also, you know, just, I love teaching people. I think that's, you know, I just, I definitely have the heart to teach. So I love to teach people whether it's, you know, yeah. starting your own business or starting your own like social community. If you're a patient advocate, like I love teaching patient advocates and other people out there that are like, okay, this is my story. And these are all things I found. How can I go and help other people? But where do I get started? And the thing is, you know, in the health realm, yeah, a lot of like, if you look at a lot of surveys and research and studies, a lot of people that are online that are just diagnosed, they tend to actually move away from these larger nonprofits and these uh, medical websites and the government sites. And they tend to hit more mm -hmm. on the patient advocates because we're letting you know, like, this is what a full day looks like. These are what our medications are. And, you know, mm -hmm. usually they're starting the same medications and these are the issues that I've had or this is what happens when I'm in a flare and I can't, you know, get myself into the bathtub. Like these are the mobility devices I use. Like you're only going to learn that from another person that's actually been through it. Yep. So I think it's really important that people understand, you know, so maybe, you know, patient advocacy isn't your world, but maybe you're a caregiver to uh, a child that has autism, you know, or just yep. something. And you can actually share that story with other people. I love to help people get started like in that journey. So and that that's what great leaders do. Great leaders know that you can't know everything. However, you can. The, the, actually, I shouldn't say that. Great leaders know that you can't know everything on your own, but you can be on a journey to know almost everything if you collaborate and talk and work with other people that's Definitely. that that's how you do it that's that that's how that's how people grow and develop that's the only way to do it is by listening and talking to other people even today you know am i the, an expert now no but i know a hell of a lot more after listening to you know, after reading some of your articles and listening to you on other shows and even on this show today i know a hell of a lot more and feel a lot more knowledgeable and confident in, in speaking to somebody or helping somebody out. Of course. Yeah. Which is great. Um, yeah, this, this has just been fantastic. You know, I, I usually end the show where I ask, um, I'll, I'll ask the guest, you know, if somebody else was going to write your story, would you, would you want any rewrites no. done? But I, I, after listening to you and, 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 yeah. And talking to Todd, I you, know the you, answer. You, yeah. You don't want any rewrites. <laughs> you don't need any rewrites. You're so confident. Any regrets? You've used your, You've used this unbelievable trauma that you've gone through. I think this trauma has fueled you um, and almost, you know, even though even though it's awful and it's something that you're still living with, this trauma has fueled you to leave a legacy, be a purpose, not a function. And, and to continue, you know, it's, it's fueled, the trauma's fueled your growth. And that's because you took this energy, even though it wasn't great energy, you used it to your advantage. You used that momentum and you're like, all right, I'm going to reframe it and turn it into something else. So I don't think you'd rewrite anything. Is that wrong? Am I wrong or? 
I can't say I would rewrite anything at this point. Um, you know, the uh, something I love for people to see, and it took me actually a long time to write it because I, I wanted to write it in a certain way, is on Lupus Check, I have a page where I share some of my story. It's on the Meet Marissa page. And I talk about in there how I am an overcomer. Like I am, and I always will be. There are we're all going to have valleys and we're all going to have these mountains and we're going to go through these over and over again in life. Right. It's, it's never going to just be this flat journey that we're walking. Um, and there's a quote, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's by an author named Sherry Mandel. And she basically says like, if you see a pain point in the community that you're in and, and no one's like talking about it, maybe you're the one that's actually supposed to start that fire. Yeah. So that's what I always just love to tell people. Like I am one person. I had no idea what I was doing. I just put myself out there. 12 years later, our story is in, you know, one of the most famous women's books now. And yep, it's out incredible. there. And no one could have told me that any of that stuff was ever going to happen. But I think it's just really important to know what one person can do. And that wasn't your goal. Your goal was just, no. it, it was, it was like you were going through almost like the self healing, like, okay, I'm in this situation. What can I do? So I'm going to start writing. And because right. you did what you felt in your heart and your head, all these other great things happen. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people put the goal first. Like I always, I, these businesses are, are always like, oh, you got to have a goal or, you know, no, just have a, start with a simple plan. The goal will kind of. Yeah, I think. I think it's more important to have a passion because Thank when you. you're doing yes. it, your goal is actually going to change. My goal with lupus chick has changed. I've every two there or three go. years, like I have to sit down and decide, okay, where are we going next? It's never going to be like this static goal. I agree. I, I whenever, whenever I hear people like, well, I got to set the goal first. Cause then I have something to work towards. I'm like, especially today. I mean, if you had a goal in the seventies, maybe even the early eighties, okay, I can understand that. But now, come on, you can't have a goal. It's day by day. Things change. I mean, it's literally yeah. like, this is what I love to do. And think about it. If people, everybody with a goal is struggling with COVID. People with a passion right. are like, okay, how do I take this passion? And you look at some of the businesses and some of the leaders that are still thriving today. They're like, okay, this is, I'm still, I still love what I do, but now we've got to do, you know, we have. We have mutual friends, Todd and I, that are in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. That's what they love to do. They love to service customers. They love creating good food and having great experiences. Okay, I can't have them in my restaurant, so now how do Pivot. I make the takeout experience better? Yeah. You know, right. they didn't just like stop and, and do that. So I really appreciate you saying that. And um, I got to tell you, I really appreciate you being on. I would love to have you back on, um, especially as we get closer to the book, or if something major happens, just reach out to us beforehand, um, whether it's with Lupus Chick or another exciting project you're on, um, because you know this, these, these stories have to get out. This is a story that uh, I know our listeners and our, our, our growing base of listeners is, is really going to appreciate. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, um yeah, I just I, I really appreciate it. Thank and you, I feel fortunate to uh, to have met you today and I hope we get to stay in touch. Thank you. Well, I love being on. I appreciate it. And yes, I would absolutely love to be back on in the next few months. Great. That's what we're going to do. And we might even um, we're toying with the idea of a panel um, and we're going to it's going to be we're going to do a women's panel. So I think uh, I think it'd be great to have you on. That would be awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Marissa. We've been talking with Marissa Zepieri Kawana. She's an accomplished author. Her book is coming out uh, in June of 2021, but you can start pre-ordering in January. Is that it, Marissa? Sorry. It's actually on pre-order now. Oh, it's on pre-order now. And the title again? Yeah. Chronically Fabulous. Chronically and she is. Fabulous. Yes, she is chronically <laughs> fabulous. Um, she's also the founder of lupuschick.com. That is lupuschick.com. So please go there. You can read more about her. And you she's can, my friend. And you can don't. I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. It's not about you. All right. Gosh, <laughs> ego. Keep going. Um, and you can, um, you can certainly donate, I'm certain, right there on lupuschick.com and yeah. learn how to become more involved. So I encourage you to do that. And she's my friend. She's and she Todd's. thought I was funny. <laughs> and she's Todd's I friend. I give anybody credit funny. that comes up and says they thought I was funny. You're instantly my friend if you come up after a Aww. show. Yeah, you're instantly my friend. And I can my... call you and say goodnight. Yeah, she calls me twice a month just to say goodnight. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a warm glass of milk. Just okay. puts me right to sleep. I think, I think Todd... 
probably it's passion. He probably not only writing comedy, you should try writing it in uh, erotica. <laughs> we'll call Whoa, it Todd, yeah. Todd erotica. Uh, you could be you the next Fifty Shades. Oh, Todd erotica. erotica. Um, are you Wait, are you pouring me a glass? Are you pouring me a glass of milk? Is it soy? Is it almond? Is it oh, cashew? Creamy full, cashew milk. Full fat, two yeah. percent. Oh, half full. Now are you gonna do that with Oreos or chocolate chips? Mm. Okay. <laughs> Am I blushing over here? Um, <laughs> there's a spin-off Sorry, podcast. we just like yeah, to have right? fun. There's a spin-off. Um, Tatika. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Marissa. We really appreciate it. Have a great holiday, and we will talk to you soon. And we will All be right. in touch. I promise you that. Sounds good. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Wow. Another uh, another great show. It was. And, you know, I'm looking at her Instagram right here and yeah. she's promoting the Chronically Fabulous book. And she has a quote here from it. And she says, comparing ourselves to people who have a life journey completely different from ours is a pattern of thinking that quickly takes away from our own unique destiny. And I think yeah. that's totally true. And it, it is. You know, it, even even what well, first even of all, what's, comedy. what's what's her Instagram handle? So we can Lu give lupus it. chick official lupus Ch at lupus chick official. So yeah, please check that out. And lupuschick.com. You got to check it out. It's kind of similar to what Elena Alderman said uh, a few episodes earlier when she talked about, I was talking about competition and the music business. And she's like, you know what? You got to pay attention to that. But honestly, you got to play your own game. Yeah. You can't look and see what everybody else is comparing. doing. You just and defeat you, yourself. That's right. And it was the same in comedy and, and probably with you. you. Yeah. You compare yourself to others. Like I did that. I did that a lot. I'm like, oh, why is he getting these gigs? Why aren't I getting those gigs? Yep. Why? Just have fun and enjoy it. That's right. what I do. And then you'll get gigs and yeah. you'll get gigs that other people won't. Right. And you'll meet people that other people haven't. And you'll do parties or get involved with a business that yeah. other people aren't. Right. Because not only are you a comedian, you're involved with a with a successful with business. With a successful business. That, and I work with cool people like Mark and Vinny. And it's there you fantastic. Go. There you go. Yeah. It's great. So I, what I loved about this, um, key takeaways, because we always like to do this for the listeners, you know, take what you want. But... Um, Marissa really, I mean, she embodies what it means to just to have a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, she went through so much trauma and she used the energy of that trauma and just kind of reframed what the rest of her life was going to be like. Yeah, she did. And she's creating legacy. She has a purpose. Um, you know, she was a journalist and she even said, now I'm going to leave the journalism behind. I want to write another book. I want to take lupus.com to lupus, uh, excuse me, lupus, lupus is a movie from the eighties. That's right. Yeah. Lupuschick.com. Um, make it even bigger. And then she's got other things she wants to, uh, she's got other things she wants to accomplish. So, uh, you know, when I think about that, when I think about her quote unquote, she's the bull, you know, perfection truly is an illusion. And, uh, you know, if if you keep focusing on perfection, you're just never going to get ahead. Defeat yourself, yeah. and and look at her. I mean, you could argue she was defeated at 23, yeah. and then by 28, she's reframed her life, and look where she is today. She claims her life started then. Yeah, you know, after being hit by that truck, yep. which I probably would have just wanted to give up. That's I'm, why yeah. I wanted to frame it as how it's going. Wow, it's going well, but boy, how it started. Yeah. You never would have guessed that the how it's going would, right. have, would have been there. So, And she's my friend. <laughs> Say goodbye, well, George. It's a great example, everybody. Yes. <laughs> goodbye, George. <laughs>